Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. All right, my superstars, uh, welcome to another amazing Wednesday speaker series event. I just, I get so excited about these week to week, you guys, because I know how much amazingness is coming your way with each week's speakers. And this week is no exception. Not only is it not an exception, it's even more next level because this is also one of my good friends and I cannot wait to introduce you to her. This is Emily Karen, and she is in our community. And some of you know her, some of you don't. For those who don't, I will give a little introduction and then I'll let her introduce herself and talk about herself. But she is not just one of my good friends, but an amazing success coach for moms and probably wouldn't call herself a success coach. So I shouldn't have labeled it like that. But actually, I like that term. Okay. We'll go with with success coach. Emily is a very successful mom herself. She has four children and is running her full online full-time business and doing an amazing job. She's got some really cool stuff to share with us today about how we can reach our next level of success. And I'm just excited to have some fun with her on here and not just talk about the tips you guys need, but for she and I, I'm already starting with the wine. Like, you know, let's just be ourselves here and get real. I mean, (laughs) I'm myself. I still have on the same hat and the same shirt I had on yesterday, but I'm really, really excited for you to be here. And we've talked about this. You guys, we've talked about it for, I don't know, since probably since I came up with the idea in January, Emily and I've talked about it and we finally found the time and now she's here. So Em, welcome. Thank you for being here with us. I'm so excited. I am so excited. This is this is super. So yeah, Em, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're such a badass and why you're going to tell us how to be badass? <laughs> yeah, so I am a female empowerment and success coach for moms. And my mission is to help moms remember who they are, reignite their passion and reclaim their power to create the lives they were meant to live. While I specifically work with moms, it really applies to all women. But I find that uh, because I'm a mom, I I know that moms are the worst at this and women in general, we really struggle to recognize our power, to really see ourselves, to trust ourselves and to really get unapologetic about the women that we are. And can I use bad words? Is that okay? Yes, please. And the shit we're here to do. And so my mission is to help women see their worth and power in a world hell-bent on making them think they have none. So that is what I do. That is what I do in my community. That is what I coach women to do. And I'm kind of obsessed with it. I love it. And I love that you're obsessed with it because women need this. Like, I remember when I first met you, I was like, I know so many moms who need to hear what you have to say because they lose their identity. They become a mom and that, you know, I get that it's your lifelong dream to have kids and you love your kids, but that doesn't mean you have to stop loving yourself and give up your own life. And I think well, that that's the place for, for people like you to help them remember that. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's surprising because for me, that was actually like, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. I didn't really want a career. I mean, I went to college and I, I was always actually really good at making money and successful in my corporate days and all of that. But I, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. I just couldn't wait to like get married, have babies, quit the job and have the white picket fence forever and ever. And it was kind of like when I had everything I ever wanted and it wasn't enough, mm-hmm. not only was there a sense of guilt and like, oh shit, now what? But it was realizing this, like what comes after the happily ever after? And we are so much more than the roles we fill. And I just wanted to define myself as a mom and it wasn't enough. And so that really kicks for me personally, kickstarted a decade long journey of wrestling with that guilt, trying to answer the question, well, if this isn't enough, then what is, and why isn't this enough? And why does it feel so bad? And why is it so hard? And how can I, and still be the mom I want to be? Can I do both? Can I have both? What does this mean? And so it was just so many years I tell moms I took the long way so you don't have to um, because I really did it on my own and eventually figured it out for myself. But it was not an easy process. It was a lot of unlearning and really remembering who I am and giving myself permission to be a person outside of a mom. And that's something that I think so many moms struggle with. I think that's is like the giving yourself permission. And I think part of it too is I'm not a mom, but I had a similar experience where I had this destination in mind that once I got there, my life would be complete. Yep. And then I got there and I hadn't thought about where else I wanted to go or what else I wanted to do. And I hadn't connected myself to myself. I connected myself to that identity, to that destination. And then I was like, oh, and then there's this whole grieving process of letting go of what you thought life would be like once you got there. And this yep. reality check of then what is life <laughs> and what it what's the point of it? what's it supposed to be if that wasn't it then what is yeah and it's I think sobering. That's really, it is yeah that's a it that's is. a really um so yeah I I totally think that your message resonates with moms so much but so many women in general because we yeah it's the the you know white picket fence I have kids and a happy marriage destination that you were looking for and you got there and it was unfulfilling or if it's anything else that you thought would fill you up and make your life complete. And then you got there and you're like, this is not what I thought it would feel like. Yeah. And you know, the guilt over, Oh my God, I have the perfect life as you know, from the outside in, as somebody would tell me, and then people make you feel guilty about it. So by your own standards, it's like, I dreamt the big dream. I got it. Mm -hmm. And it's not what I thought. Or it's what I thought, but it doesn't feel the way I thought. And if, and now I have to ask the question that I never asked all along, and this is what I've learned in hindsight, is what do I actually want? Not that I didn't want, I say, I thought I wanted to be a mom, and I did, but I wanted so much more, and I yeah. did not dream beyond that. I did not think beyond that role. It was literally the end of my vision, which is mind-blowing to me because it's not like, I mean... Did I think I was just going to at 30 or 35, you know, just sort of like life was going to st- I don't know. I didn't think about it. And that's, that's the thing that I regret more than anything. I don't regret staying home with my kids. I don't regret having four kids at all, but I regret that I never even thought about really asking, is this what I want? Is, is giving up my career what I want? Um, right. Is there a way to do it differently? Who am I outside of this motherhood? It just was like, Going through the motions, doing all the things you should do, 
following the shoulds because I wanted to be the good wife, the good daughter, the good girl. I had all these expectations. And yeah, I, I thought I wanted it, but it was just such a surface level. And I just never really allowed myself to think bigger. And so then in that moment, you're like, well, now what? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's, it's scary because asking yourself what you want when you've been ignoring all along what you want is a really scary question because, you know, I always think back to um, Julia Roberts' Runaway Bride. Is that what it was called? Runaway Bride? I think Where so. She's yeah. like different times and close to being married and then she runs away. Oh, with the huh. And Richard Gere is the reporter who's assigned to go do a story on her. And he does some research and he realizes each of those six men that she almost married liked a different type of eggs. And while she was with that man, that's the type of eggs that she liked. And so when he finally, she runs away from the last guy and Richard Gere is talking to her and he's like, what kind of eggs do you like? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. She doesn't know. And I always think of that when I got to that. And Mary says, you know, um, she said it's the same for careers. Like what we were talking about earlier is, is careers. Yeah. And Mary, the same for me. Like that's where I got with my career. I thought that being number one was going to be it. That was that was my thing. Once I became number one, that was it. And I had attached myself so tightly to that identity that once I did that, then I was like, oh, well, there must be more to this. So then I did it again because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, I'll just be number one again. And then I was mm-hmm. like, when that happened, then I really hit the wall. And I was like, I don't know what kind of eggs I like. Now, obviously, it wasn't about eggs. It just, I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do with my life. It's a scary place to be. And I think when you're a mom, it's not just about what do I want? It's how do I move forward and also still be a mom to yeah. my kids? And, and not that you don't love them, but how do I love them and give them the life that I saw for them while honoring the life that I need for me? Yeah. And, it, and it's so much more than just like the logistical, which is a challenge enough, but it was like, if I, I spent my whole life telling myself that a mother does everything for her children, she sacrificed herself, she gives up her career, she's the all-loving, ever-present, perfect, you know, angelic mother who has no wants, who has no needs, who's utterly selfless, I painted this beautiful vision of this wonderful woman that I, by the way, absorbed in culturally, society, you know, just took that on. I didn't necessarily choose it, but I absorbed it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I don't want to be that woman because that woman is miserable. But if that's the perfect mom and I don't want to do that, then it's like, I guess I'm not a good mom. Mm-hmm. And so the struggle then is like, do I sacrifice me, this yearning, this churning, this and become this mother that or do I and this is what I teach clients to do, take all the fucking rules bottom up and throw them out the goddamn window and rewrite what makes a good mom, what makes a good woman, what is the actual truth, not the bullshit you've bought into about who you should be, how you should live. And that is where liberation and freedom and actual satisfaction live is when you can say all of this stuff, I don't care, it's motherhood, career, how you should look in a swimsuit, whatever it is, you're buying into bullshit that makes you feel bad because it's not true. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you can get connected with what is actually true for you, which is what we mostly suck at as women, is hearing our own voice, trusting ourselves, tuning out the outside noise, getting really centered and grounded, then the sooner we can say all of this shit that we've come to believe as truth is utter garbage, yep. and I don't have to listen to it. And in fact, 
and to use the motherhood as an example, I'm a better mom when I'm happy and fulfilled. And that being selfish is actually wonderful because now I give to myself and I set a powerful example and I can show up not on fumes and I'm not resentful and burnt out and bitter. And so when we allow ourselves to be fully us, when we allow ourselves to want what we want and get what we need and be selfish, mm-hmm. we can actually, this is literally the only way towards our best life, which is, I mean, guys, I'll just cut to the chase here, how to unleash your inner badass, get to know yourself, write your own rules and show up that way. I mean, it's literally that simple Ooh, because like- you will never go as far as you're meant to go if you're not being authentically you, if you're not following your own rules, if you're not letting what you really want and who you really are take the wheel, you're just never going to, you're like capping yourself off. And so being able to channel into that truth that you're limitless, but as long as you play by other people's rules, you know, you're, you're just never going to succeed in the way that you want to the level that you want. You're never going to be happy to the degree that you want. So getting great at, Tuning out everyone else, hearing yourself, and following, trusting, that's secret shortcut. That's the quantum leap. That's the way you get there. It was get to know yourself, write your own rules. What was the uh, third? Get to know yourself, write your own rules, and then let your, I call her your inner exceptional woman. And so I like to describe her, she's my five-year-old daughter. Anybody who has, who knows a young child can really see this, right? Like my daughter, Vivian, she knows what she wants. She knows how she wants to dress. She doesn't care what you think she shows up and she is like all her all the time she -hmm. has no baggage around what's acceptable if she should be quiet if she should you know fit in she's just like demands life on her terms and what happens is we all were this girl once we still are but as we get older, our parents start saying, you know, tune it down or you can't wear that to church or you can't speak this way to this person. And then we go to school and somebody judges us. And so we kind of we conform and we twist and we adapt and we just start fitting ourselves into the box of who we think we should be. And then mm-hmm. it's get the job and get the guy and then it's be the mom and be on the PTO. And it just keeps growing and evolving. And so we spend a lifetime burying her with these roles, with these expectations, with these, this bullshit, right? And then we get busy because life gets busy. And so we take parts of ourselves, like our hobbies and our interests. We take date night and we start cutting it away. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for exercise. I don't have time for friendships. I don't have time for this. And we systematically and slowly dismantle who we are and wonder where we wake up in our 30s feeling like robots. And the way out, the way forward is not outside. See, we keep looking, tell me what to do. Maybe it's in a job. Maybe it's in a man. Maybe it's in this book. Maybe it's in that book. And we're searching and searching and searching. But the answer is we got to bring that five-year-old inner exceptional woman back. And the cool news is she's still there. Right. We got to unbury her. And we got to unbury her. And she knows what you're made for. She knows what you want. She knows what you need. She knows who you are. And when you can connect to her and hear her and give her the wheel. You are limitless. Right. But we've been trained not to. So that's the process. That's the evolution. And Well, we've been trained not to by people that we love that for a certain period of time we probably had on a pedestal. And although they loved us as well and were just doing what they knew to, to love us and keep us safe, I think the first step is even knowing we can write our own rules, that we can give ourselves permission to question things. And that in and of itself is scary. It's like, wait, I don't have to 
follow these rules. Like it's not just a blanket statement that every, and I always give this example, you know, my mom will laugh at this. And and if, if my dad happens to be listening as well, I grew up with my dad telling me you should never lease a car. Oh, that would, know, yeah. but, and that's his rule. And that's okay. That That's his belief. But I grew up thinking just like all the other beliefs that we have, you know, that, yeah. that we are conditioned to believe in our life. I grew up thinking that was, it wasn't a rule. It was just what was right. It was just, that's what you right. did. You, you don't lease a car, yeah. but it never dawned on me that leasing was a thing that a lot of people did. I just, I looked at it as, well, they just don't know what they're doing, you know? And I remember when I moved to California, I had a bunch of friends that like, they were all talking, you know, oh, I lease this car and then I'm going to trade it and I'm going to get, you know, and, and I was like, what is wrong with all these people? Do they not know? Should I have my dad talk to them? Like, I don't, you know, and, and it finally dawned on me. I actually think I'm the perfect candidate to lease a car. I get a new car every two to three years. I don't have to worry about selling it or do it. Now, I, having said all this, I still haven't leased a car. But it did finally occur to me once I started to question things and really yes. look into what my rules have always been or what I've just accepted as the truth. I realized, oh, well, if leasing a car isn't the, like, if that's still a decision that you're free to decide what, what's right or wrong for you, what else is a decision that you're free to decide what's right or wrong for you? And that was what, it it sounds so stupid to me now, but it was literally like not that long ago, like maybe four or five years ago. And I remember I was on a run and I literally was like, oh, all these rules are just other people's opinions. And it's like. It sounds so silly, but it. Yep. I grew up in a very black and white household. If you wanted to like make my kill my dad, you would put ketchup on steak. Like that was the one in our house where. Now, okay. In fairness, I agree with him, but the way Wait, the he didn't said, like he didn't like ketchup on a steak. No, like that was you did not put ketchup on steak. Like that was like a cardinal sin. Well, that's and what my dad did, no matter what. That's so funny. That's so funny. And see, while I agree with him, I I hate that. But for him and the attitude in our home, it was like. Like you said, like you just don't do that. People who do that are like crazy, just like people who right. car are crazy, right? Right. And so that was the level of um for everything. It was like a right way and a wrong way. And then I think about it now, I didn't see it then, but when it came to fashion, when it came to fitting in, it wasn't opinions. It was there was the right way to dress and there was the wrong way to dress. And so yep. I wanted to dress the right way. And so rather than thinking, what do I want to wear? How do I what do I feel good? What's an expression of me? It was like, okay what's the right way? And so I would look, right. you know, and want to dress the right way. And that, I mean, and then the parent the right way and decorate your house the right way. And like, yep. if we think that all, there is a right and wrong way, then you want to be right. Yep. Versus like the ridiculously simple question that I can't believe it's taken me almost 40 years to really learn is like, what do I want? What do I want? <laughs> do like I if I want to wear, I, I look back at pictures of myself when I was at Vivi's age and I would wear my high top tennis shoes. Cause you know, I loved basketball. I loved being oh, yeah, an athlete mm-hmm. with a really nice dress. I didn't care that then because I didn't right. there were rules that you're not supposed to do that. And then I got to a certain age and I was like, I mean, you know, you have to, like you said, you have to gear what you're doing to be able to fit in because you don't want to deal with what would, what it would feel like to be ostracized or to be outed or to be, you know, yeah. you just follow what, what everybody else does because that's how you get accepted. And that's how you basically abandon yourself, you know, in you the name do. of and everybody else. Absolutely do. And, and that's the thing is it's, I mean, obviously it'd be awesome if you were seven and you like didn't care, but like the truth is most of us, it's sort of normal to 
we're trying to figure out who you are, right? In those adolescent years, you don't know who you are. And so you're, you kind of just go with the flow. But the problem that for me, I guess I shouldn't speak to all women, but for me, it was like, I never took the time to actually get to know myself, to figure out. And if I did have inklings, I dismissed them. And this is where we really need to get better. So if it was like, mm-hmm. I want to do, I want to dress this way. I want to look provocative in a certain situation, or I want to be, you know, a little more bold or a little, whatever. It was like, oh no, I couldn't like, because that's for this kind of woman mm-hmm. or a woman who has this kind of job or drives this kind of car that that means this about her. And so rather than allowing myself to just want what I want, like what I like, dress how I want to dress, say how I want to say. It was always like, oh, but I couldn't, or that's not for me, or that's, no. And so it was just like, we just shoved it aside and placed it over here. And then, and I'm still to this day, like seeing the places where I'm like, actually, this is who I am. And this is what I want. And holy crap, I can actually show up this way and live yep. this way. And it's so liberating. And not only is it a sense of freedom, but it really is the only way that you're going to get wherever you want to go. So whether that's relationships, whether that's business success, sales, and I'm sure you could talk to this more, like your most authentic, genuine self is always the right choice, no mm-hmm. matter what. Because it's truth and the truth will literally set you free as cliche as it is. It's so true. And where are all the places that we are not living truthfully? Where are the places we say yes when we mean no and no when we mean yes? Where are the places where we're doing things we don't want to do because we haven't set strong boundaries? Where are we doing things out of guilt, obligation, fear? If we look at most women's lives, I would bet well over half, if not more, is not an, a representation of who they actually are or what they want to do. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think no matter what we are doing, we're giving to other people to do that same thing. So if you're being yourself, you're giving people permission to be themselves. If you're following the status quo, then you're basically telling people it's not okay to be yourself. You should be this way. And where I think that this probably hits hard for you and the people you work with is what they don't realize is you're teaching your child that. You are. That's exactly. and, And if you ask any overworked, stressed out, frazzled mom, if she wants that life for her child, I guarantee she's going to say no. Well, no, I don't want my child to live a life like I'm living. I'm miserable and I hate what I'm trying to do because I'm trying to be so selfless in the name of like what's righteous in the world and in society's rules. But they don't want their kids to be that way. But what they're doing is they're conditioning their kids to see that that's how you're supposed to be. They basically follow suit because they don't know any different. And, you know, I, I have learned so much about selfishness and what I used to think of it, especially growing. I mean, Emily and I are both Midwestern, you know, girls, and I know the Midwest has its own reputation for being what it is. I selfishness was always the wrong. It was always frowned upon. It was like you just you're not like if you're selfish, you're bad, you're wrong. And I realized not only do we have a right to be selfish, we have a responsibility. Yes. We do to be selfish. Like this is your life and you have to show up as, as best as you can. And in your fullest expression of you. And if you're not being selfish and taking time for you, then you're not honoring yourself. And it's in the name again of being righteous and being, you know, following what society says that you should do with your life and, and how you should behave. 
And it's basically you becoming a shell of yourself because you're not listening to your own desires in your heart. You're just following what you think the rules are so you can be accepted. And you're yeah, and, and it's, you know, this is something that I've been working on recently with my coach. And it's interesting because it's, you're always learning and evolving and growing right in the next level. And recognizing so much that the stories we grow up with, what is modeled to us, it becomes our identity and mm-hmm. it becomes the way that we do everything. And so we want our kids to be better than us. We want the people watching, whether it's our community or our clients or whoever, to be better than us. And so, yeah, we have an obligation to be the most authentic version of ourselves. I love the way that Brene Brown says, this is like a side, but it's kind of the same point, is when you attach criticism to receiving help, then you're attaching criticism to those who accept help. And so if you are like, oh, I'll do it all myself or I don't need to do it. And so you're like, no, no, I got it. I, you know, if you're saying it's okay for you to have help, but it's not okay for me to have help. Therefore, I'm somehow better than you because I don't need it. And I think the same thing goes with being selfish or taking a rest or slowing down or whatever it is for us that we're struggling to do. Every time that you say, well, it's okay for you, but I could never. Right. We're basically reiterating that we all have to keep this act up of being iron women who don't need anything. As Glennon Doyle says, the best compliment society can bestow upon a woman is that she's selfless, but then she doesn't have a self. And like, it has to stop. And it stops by us saying, I'll be the weirdo who says I'm selfish. Yep. I love to say I'm great at getting my needs met. Like that is my honor better than I've just sacrificed all of myself and I come right. last and I'm a martyr. And look at me. Right. I'm great at taking care of myself. I'm great yeah. at getting support. I'm working on this. <laughs> we have to get better at it. So Lisa says the main reason she left sales and went into training, she didn't want her daughter to see her like that living the dream. I love that, Lisa. And it's so true. It's your kids are watching and what you're doing is what they are learning is the right thing to do. They're learning that that and like, here's the other thing. And I'm sure you have an opinion on this, too. You're all going to screw up your kids. And I don't mean it because I'm, I'm like if I had kids, too, we are all going to screw up yeah. our kids. Like you yeah. can't live this life thinking that you're going to give this. You, your kid is going to be screwed up in some way because they're picking up everything that's going on. And and, you know, I shouldn't even say screwed up because that's implying that there's something. It's just human. You're just being normal. And, and you have conditioning because that's what you've been brought up with. And there will come a time in their life, hopefully, that they do start to question, what do I want? What are the rules that I want to live by? Despite what I was brought up with, how do I want to proceed with my life from this point forward? And hopefully they will all ask themselves that. You know, that's that's the thing that we can hope for our children and for the, the youth of this generation that's that's coming in and, and of every generation of every person. Yeah. Like, ask yourself what you want. How do you show up and be a better human being? Be more of you. Well, and, you know, I, and this is the thing is like, OK, so I when we recognize that, like, the thing, our parents obviously do their best and we're doing our best. And like you said, it's sort of inevitable that we're going <laughs> to mess our kids up. But the more that we can just break the rules and say there are no rules. I think it's the how we get past the worst of it, right? Because when when we believe there's one way that's noble or there's one way to eat steak or there's one way to buy a car 
or there's one way to think or dress or be. And it's, it's the thing that I want parents to understand is your kids hear everything you don't say. And so despite the fact that I know you're not necessarily standing up there saying, do this, don't do that. This is right. That is wrong. If you don't live it, they don't care. Right. They will do what you do. They do not listen to anything you say. You're not fooling anybody. So the best gift you can give your children is a powerful example of a woman who does what she wants. Yep. Make yourself happy. A happy, fulfilled mother is such a better mother. And I'm going to say that and I'm going to take the heat for it. You're a better mother when you're happy. You're a better person. You're a better friend. You're a better spouse. And you deserve to be happy. And the martyr mom must die. You're not doing anybody any favors. And the more we can get great at seeing ourselves, see so many moms and women feel invisible because we're not getting recognized for all we're doing. And we're doing the emotional heavy lifting and the mental managing. And we're kind of, you know, it's like nobody's recognizing all of this. Well, we don't see ourselves right? and we will never, ever get externally what we're unwilling to do for ourselves internally. And so if you're not willing to say, wait a minute, this isn't, I'm not honoring myself. I'm doing too much. I'm taking on too much. I'm not asking for help. I'm not setting boundaries. And you don't do that. Sorry. You don't get to be mad at your spouse for not seeing you and and saving you. It's on you. Well, and the person you really know that is you. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you're just projecting because this uncomfortable feeling that you have inside is really just your soul saying, hey, quit abandoning yes. yourself yes. and take that control and be you. But you're feeling that and you're just projecting because you've got this idea in your head that selflessness is so honorable and you're going to stay on that path. Yeah, it really. And that's the thing. It's like, and even if we've done some work or we can say, I know in my head, this is not honorable. But if we believe in our soul that it is, and we haven't done deep reprogramming mm-hmm. of those neural pathways and old conditioning and program, it's going to like sabotage us. It's going to tear us down. I mean, whatever that story is, right? it needs to be excavated and yep. pull it up and look at it and say, what is driving my life? Right. Is it the desire to be invisible? Is it the feeling that I, that I don't matter? Is it, is it maybe like women don't matter? You know what, that women don't have a say or don't have the right to speak up. You know, maybe there's some stories there. Maybe it's the role of the mother. Maybe it's, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you. Like there's some things because we all have them that you're deciding is the guiding light and you've got to figure out what it is. And if it's something you agree with, awesome. But likely it's something you never chose. Right. And you get to choose now. Right. I love that. I love the quote where she's like, when you know better, do better. Like you you might not know better now, but once you do, it's your responsibility to do better. Yes. Oh, and then Jen Sincero says, it's not your fault if you're fucked up. It's your fault if you stay fucked up, right? (laughs) It's like the same thing. But the heart, one of the hard parts is like, when you decide you want to do different, now you have to deal with the fact that you are emotionally, it feels like abandoning or betraying where you came from. Yep. And that, depending on your circumstances and situation, can be, I don't want to say impossible, but like can be very difficult, especially if you're making changes and living your life differently. And then there's people that you love who are like, 
not happy about it. It's a very heavy process. Yeah. You're, you're just, you're, you feel like you are doing nothing but disappointing people over and over and over again. And it's on the heels of doing nothing but disappointing yourself over and over and over again. And that's easy because you've been doing that for a lifetime. So you're used to it. That feels normal. Disappointing others and pleasing yourself. See, we're great at pleasing others. But again, I want to say I'm great at pleasing myself. Yeah. That feels crazy. That feels selfish. And who are you? I mean, this is the irony. Okay, Nicole, let's just role play this for a second. Yes. You say, I'm going to, okay. If you're somebody who is demanding of my time and you're like, I need you to do this thing for me. And then I say, no, I can't. I'm sorry. We set a boundary. And then you're mad because I won't give to you because I'm selfish. But you're the one being selfish, demanding that I put you for. Right. Do we see like the irony of this? Yep. And we feed into this and and it's like, it's so ridiculous. We're so worried about disappointing people letting people down. And there's a difference between being kind and nice. You can still be kind without being nice. Nice is kind of a doormat. Nice is a peacemaker versus a peacekeeper. Nice is just band-aid, smile, phoniness. And kind is, I know when I speak the truth in love, Mm -hmm. everyone fits, even if we're momentarily uncomfortable. Right. And being okay with that. And letting other people be uncomfortable yeah. for the greater good, for truth, for your yeah. own. But we're taught to just suffer and make sure everyone else is happy. Well, and that's what you're conditioned to do is to make other, appease others and make other people feel uncomfortable. I can deal with it. I'm okay. I will oh, suffer. Yeah. I will be, you know, Glennon talks a lot about this because too. That's noble her, because that's, yeah. Right. Glennon, she had a whole thing about it in, in mm-hmm. you know, the in Untamed. And I think it's this idea that, Again, it's back to that's what's right. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give of yourself. You're supposed to basically exhaust yourself because if you don't, then you're disappointing other people. And I used to live this life of like always being on call when somebody needed something. I felt like it was my responsibility. Like, and by on call, I just mean if my boss texted me at 9 p.m. and needed something, I would do that. If a friend texted me at 11 15 in the morning and asked me a question, I felt like I needed to, and I was always just worried about disappointing somebody else and it's a hard habit to get out of because again we've said the word a million times the conditioning thing and setting boundaries feels uncomfortable setting having the conversation feels uncomfortable and and I like that you you know said you can speak the truth in love and be kind yep but it doesn't need to be you bending over and just taking it and I think that there's a quote that I heard um I forget his name. He's one of those Shark Tank guys. He said, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Mm-hmm. And I love, he's one of the sharks that is like, that's the way he operates. He's just a very kind spoken man, but he's a very strong and powerful man in his business and what he's done. But he believes that you can be kind in how you conduct yourself. Yeah. And setting boundaries is actually very kind. It is. It is. To yourself and to other people, you're letting them know, here's here's how I operate and here's how I'm allowing you to operate, my, you know, what, I, what I'm willing to receive from you. And I think it's tough, but people actually like boundaries. If you're being they honest do. with yourself, they, they yeah. 
people like it gives you definition. It gives you clarity on now I know if I have overstepped the boundaries, I know I've overstepped them. But that confusion, that gray area of I don't know what this person's okay with. I, I learned that when I was a teacher, when I was a high school teacher, you know, just like when you're a little kid and you say, when I grow up, I'm going to let my kids eat candy all the time. Of course, because you want candy, you want to let your kids do that. And then when I was a teacher, I was like, I'm going to be the cool teacher that's going to, you know, and then I got my own classroom and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to be the cool, like, yeah. I'm not, you know, but it also felt like I wanted them to like me. You know, I was their teacher. We were going to spend a lot of time together, but it was my dad actually that taught me. He's like, Nick, kids crave boundaries. The last thing they need is another friend. They need a role model. They need a leader. And in order to be that person to them, you have to be willing to establish and set boundaries and ground rules for your classroom. And you can believe me, I've done this for a really long time. Kids want boundaries. They're going to tell you they don't. They're teenagers. Sure. They want to break yeah. the rules. But in order to break the rules, they have to know what the rules are. And that's your job to be the role model and the leader that's willing to set those boundaries and hold them to it. And there, some of them are going to break them and that's okay. Yes. But that what kids hear and feel from rules and boundaries is love. They're going to fight against it sometimes, but that is love to them because there's structure and there's safety and security in you saying, hey, I don't want you to be out of your seat while class is going on. If they choose to get out of their seat, they're making that they have freedom of choice. They're allowed to do yes. that. But setting the rules is absolutely my job. And it's, you know, and, and I can't go in there and be like, but I want to be that cool teacher. Yeah, they're not. They're going to walk all over you. They're not going to respect you for well, that. And here's the thing. And that's the other thing is, but that's about you, right? So if you and this is where. It's ironic because we're so big hearted and we want everyone to like us and we want everybody to be happy. And so we feel like our intentions are such in the right place by being a nice. But the truth is we are not living in integrity. We are a bunch right. of fucking liars because right. we are essentially saying, I'm trying to shape your opinion of me by telling you what you want to hear, even though I am furious underneath. I will stuff it down and put a smile on it and lie to your face. So you yep. think I'm nice. Like, if yep. you think of it that way, it's like, it's kind of icky. I mean, we're all guilty. I'm totally a people pleaser. I, it was, it's recovering. You know, I, I, I get it. But if you think I can about raise it, my not, hand every time you say yeah. things, I'm like, yep, me too. You're not actually doing a service. Like you're living out of integrity. You're a liar. You're a phony and you're feeding your ego and your need to be comfortable and avoid the awkwardness. More than you are a genuine, honest relationship, more yes. than you are respecting them enough, respecting the relationship enough, just like as a, a good teacher says, I don't need you to like me. I need to do a good job for you. And a good coach and a good parent and a good partner and a good friend puts yeah. the relationship above their comfort or their the way they appear. So let's reframe it and say, again, truth will set you free. My job is to be really honest about who I am, what I want, what I don't like, what I'll tolerate, and then get great at doing it and living it. And that from that place, the woman who can do that, friends who are like shitty half-ass friends will fall away. Yeah. She will not accept less than she deserves because she knows what she's worth. So she will not no longer be underpaid. That woman will not be silenced. She will have a voice. That woman will not tolerate bad relationships. Everything will change in your external world when your internal work becomes unavailable for being totally honest and being in total integrity, even if other people don't like it. Yep. And that is how you unleash your inner badass. You get great at being you. Yeah. Unapologetically. 
unapologetically. I love that word. Even when it's hard, even when people don't like it, even when you gotta, you know, like, and the problem that I find that I see, and I suffer from this too. And I talk to like hundreds of women. And the biggest problem is we don't know what we actually want or who we actually are. And for moms, particularly, we blame motherhood, but my firm belief is we didn't ever knew to begin with. And so motherhood just amplifies it. Right. We have to figure this out. And it's not out there. Again, it's in here. It's that same little girl you talked about earlier. We knew it. We were all connected with it at one point. And it got taken away from us because the ways of the world. I, I, I love, I heard Oprah say this a long time ago about little babies when they come into this world. She said they come in trailing grace. They're still so connected to source. They're still so connected to. They know more than us. They know so much more than us. And when you're that small child, you're just doing you. You're just being who you are. If that means wearing tennis shoes with your dress, if that means, you know, whatever it means, you're just following what your soul is telling you to do. And then that gets stripped away when we start to learn the rules of how to follow suit, how to fit in, how to not be ostracized, how to be, a, you know, and, and kind we, of the fall from grace. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we really like, we dismiss it all. And in, again, in the name of like making other people feel comfortable, it's like, oh, in order for you to feel comfortable, I have to silence my own thoughts and feelings because, and you know, I remember Glennon told this story too, and untamed. I know you're a Glennon fan like I am. And by the way, I've not read this. We're not even here to promote the book, but if you have not read untamed yet, please do so. I mean, it is just, phenomenal she's talking about tish not wanting to get her ears pierced do you remember that part in the oh, book? i love the story about being brave. and yeah and her younger daughter i forget her name emma Amma, Amma? Amma, Amma, Amma. Amma, who's younger they they she takes both daughters to go get their ears pierced and Amma is the younger daughter she jumps right up into the chair as soon as they get there and she's like okay pierce my ears and Glennon and her older daughter are watching as Amma gets her ears pierced and it hurts and her, you know, she just kind of winces for a second, but she's fine. And she jumps up. She's like, I'm so excited. That was great. And the girl who's piercing the ears goes, okay, now it's your turn. And after Tish, the older daughter watched, she saw her wince a little bit and she saw her earlobes like huge, swollen, bright red. And she's like, I don't want to do it. And the girl who's piercing the ears is like, come on, be brave. And she's like, no, I don't want to do it. And Glennon looks at her daughter and goes, good for you. And she takes, you know, they get in the car and she said, I want you to know that what you did was the brave thing. What you did is honored what your soul was telling you to do. You had the courage to show up for yourself. And I want you to know something for the rest of your life. I want you to always choose you. No matter what anybody is saying to you or telling you, I want you to always choose you. And Tish says, but what if it's you, mom? And she said, I want you to choose you. Well, and I love to that point too, she talks about her mom and I'm going to butcher the quote. It's so much better, but she's like, the best thing I can do to honor my mother is to honor the woman she raised and to stand up for her, even if that means disagreeing and even if that means right. And so who are we ladies? Who are we? And maybe not who we're showing up as, but who are we really? Who do we want to be? And that woman that we're striving to become, how does she think? How does she talk? How does she dress? How does she act? And just, it's like the Sasha Fierce example, right? So like when Beyonce started embodying, okay, so I love the story. So Beyonce was like started singing in the church back in the day. And like, that's where she got her start. And then she started shifting into more like 
provocative roles and like mm-hmm. other venues and things. She had to get a little sexier and it was really uncomfortable for her. She was probably like 15 or something, yeah. maybe older. I don't know. But she developed an alter ego whose name was Sasha Fierce. And it allowed her to show up and kind of fake it. And she put on an alter ego and she was able to be more sexy and more whatever. But then the cool thing was, is that the barrier between her and her alter ego just got smaller and smaller and smaller until she absolutely is Sasha Fierce today. Mm -hmm. And then some, right? Add some like extra on top. And so this is like, we have to channel. That's our inner exceptional woman. That's our inner Mm -hmm. badass. Like she's there. And so let's start flirting with her. Let's start. Let's bring her back in small doses if we must. Let's, you know, let's start. Maybe she wants some sexier underwear. Like, let's start small if we must. Great. Um, Maybe she just, like, wants to eat some different food. Um, I always say, like, we outsource our power everywhere. Start small. When you're literally going out, going out, remember when we used to go out when we could leave our houses, you know, back in the day. We were alive. Going out with friends. Like, don't text and say, what are you wearing? How many of us do that? But those little things are how we outsource our ability to connect with our true desires. Other than like the weather, you ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want? Do I want to be dressy? Do I want to wear a dress? Do I want to wear jeans? What do I want? And we're like, I don't know. I just want to fit in. Right. And it's like when you go to a restaurant, what are you ordering? What do you know? What do I want? want? What am I hungry for? We need yep. to get hungry, ladies. Yep. Hungry to fill ourselves up with what only we know. Stop right. asking everybody. They don't know. Right. That's why they don't know you because you're asking everybody. They don't know. Right. Nobody knows. Right. Nobody knows what's best for you but you. So stop asking everybody. Yep. You might fit in, but you're not going to get what you really want, which is a good meal to feel sexy and amazing. You're not going to get any of that. Right. Until you ask the only person who knows, which is you, and you've told her that she's stupid, that she's dumb, that she's too fat, that she doesn't matter, that she should shut up and get to work. Your inner self is trying to get your attention all the time. And all you do is tell her to sit down and shut up. Yep. So it's no wonder you're here anymore because she took her shit and went home. Yeah. She gave you've got to nourish her back to life. You got to invite her back into your life. You got to listen to her. You got to create a safe space for her. And you got to trust her. You yeah. Trust her. yeah. And well, I, mean, I think, I think knowing that you always have to keep asking her too. like, yes. we are always changing. We're human beings. We're going to, yes. we're going to grow. So it's not just, what do I want? Okay. Now that's my next destination. I'm going to no. Just ask yourself every day, every second. Are you going out with friends? Ask yourself what you want to wear. Are you going to a restaurant? Ask yourself what you want to eat. Are you getting in your car to go on a road trip? Ask yourself where you want to go. Like, Yep. I think that that's really important to remember. We should always be asking ourselves that question and then trust the answer. Yes. I had a, I had this side note. I had a question the other day. I was like going back and forth over it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pull an Oracle card and I'm just going to see what it says. I swear to God, it brought tears to my eyes because I was just looking for some kind of sign or confirmation that what I was thinking is what I should do. I pulled out the cards, I shuffled them up and I just went through and I always just pull one randomly. And the card said, trust your intuition. And I was ah, like, yes. how much more clear can it be? Oh shit. Okay. I'm going to trust my 
intuition on this one. Yeah, but I think that's the tough part is stronger intuition and stronger connection. We want to know what to do, but you don't get that out of the box. You get that like working out. And that's why it's a daily spiritual workout. It's like when you're trying to lose weight, you can show up and show up and show up and you see nothing and nothing and nothing and nothing. And then all of a sudden one day you lost five pounds and you're like, oh my God, it totally did make a difference. But day to day, it doesn't feel like it's working. It doesn't seem like anything's happening, but it is. Right. And that commitment to yourself, to showing up, to journaling, reflecting, meditating, you know, whatever it is for you, to nourish that inner connection, Right. it has to grow. Strength grows in increments. And yep. you're, if you've been ignoring it forever, it's like you have to give it space. You have to yeah. give it like a, like a plant. You have to nurture it. Or I say it's if you think of a relationship, it's like a relationship with you and you. And if you treated a person the way you treat your inner relationship, it would be the most dysfunctional, like messed up relationship out there. You would say, if your friend came to you and said, I'm, you know, I'm having a really hard day. And you said, suck it up. Quit being such a wimp. You'd be a bad friend. If your kid came to you and cried and said they had a headache and they were tired, you'd say, too bad. Go, go clean your room. You know, like that's what you do to yourself instead of saying, take a nap. How Which we've you? heard that though. Right. Growing up, we've also heard that from other people. And that's another form of conditioning where we've heard, you know, like I, I mean, I loved all of my experiences in sports growing up, but I just know a lot of times that was the mentality of like, you know, suck it up, you big baby. And I kind of always felt myself doing that same thing to myself. We treat ourselves in that same way because that's what we think is right. And then we're again, stuffing ourselves down and ignoring what our truth is. Yeah. And our, body, our wiser self, our intuition, you know, whatever you want to call it, our soul is always trying to lead us and guide us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's just like a bunch, you know, it's actually, it's funny. This makes me think of, I had, I had an aunt who had a near death experience. Like this was like 20 years ago. And she was like, left her body. She like, she was having like a heart thing. She saw her body on the table and she kept going back into her body. And then she would come back out and it was like that. And every time it was harder and harder to get back. Like she said, it was like, just, you know, like resistance. And, and I kind of like that analogy of like, we're so resistant to hearing our own, like we got, we have to like clear the way we have to make an easy way. There's a lot of crap right. blocking us, creating that resistance. Right. And we have to, it's like, it just feels like fresh air, right. Yeah. To just like, drop it all. We say we want to be less busy. We say we want to be life to be easier. We say we want less stress. We want less overwhelm, but just try getting rid of like the 300 pounds and 40 years of emotional baggage and see how you feel. Right? Like that's the weight we're carrying. And I firmly believe we're so tired and exhausted, not necessarily because we need more sleep, but because we need more life, but because we are zombies, but because we are checked out and we are uninspired and just going through the motions. And That's exactly it. We're going through the motions. There's yeah. nothing to fill us up and light us up about life. And we're, you know, we're not listening to ourselves. We're not listening to what our, and, and I think that even that is a, a tough thing to do at first, because it's not just, what do I want? I don't know what I want. It's discerning. There's our word between which one is the fear talking and which one is my act actual voice yeah. talking and which one do I follow and when do I follow it and how do I know? And, oh my God, this all seems too hard. I'm just going to go back to like playing small and not living the life yeah. that I really being know that I want. Being a robot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, strength grows in, I, I always like to say courage grows in instrument, instruments, increments, you know, courage, strength, whatever you want to call it. But it's like little by little, you've just got to start, you know, if you're saying it will hear for me. I'm saying I want a relationship, right? Like, oh, I want to find my partner. I want to call in my king. What am I doing? Number one, to actually make that happen. Number two, where am I actually intentionally setting aside time for that? Because if I'm being honest, there's zero space in my life right now for that to happen. There's none. I have worked my way into a schedule that does not allow for that. So I'm not actually in alignment and in integrity with what I'm saying and what my actions are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another big thing too. Is you can say, oh yeah, I know I want to live the better life. I know I want to honor my dreams. I know I want, but, but you're not doing it. Yeah. And so then the universe is really confused because it's like, well, what do you actually want? Do you want this or do you want to live this exhausted, frazzled life where you're blowing out your adrenals? Because I'm confused because you keep doing that one. Yeah. Can we get real clear on what it is that you really want? And, you know, I think living in alignment is a big piece of that. You might think, oh, yeah, yes. I want it, in theory, but your actions are not doing anything to follow up with that or that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we have to get better at taking radical responsibility of we get to have everything we want. I firmly believe that. Yeah. It might not always happen the way we want, when we want, you know, the, how, on our timeline or schedule. Right. But we have to do the next right thing. And that's, yeah. I think, the simplest way is what, when we say, so let's say, for example, like, you want to call in your king, you know, there's a, well, how, well, how, well, how, and I'm so guilty of this, like, no judgment. The how but question. We're both how. guilty of it. And it's the worst okay. question ever to ask. But it's knows how guilty I am of it. And she is too. But um <laughs> the how question, right? But you know, the, the truth is is like you don't have to know the how. You just have to know the next right thing. What is one thing that you could do to either energetically or emotionally or tangibly, you know, create space for whatever the thing is that you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just read a book. Maybe it's start journaling. Maybe it's just, you know, like it doesn't have to be this huge thing where you go like and like book a trip across the country. Like it can be a little. Start small. But yeah, start small. And then from there, like when I, I had no intentions of becoming a coach, I never planned to become a coach. But I knew I had a message and a mission and I wanted to share it. And my path of least resistance, the way that felt most easy for me was to start a blog. And so I started a blog. And literally like a month and a half later, I was like signed up and enrolled in a coaching program, going to be a coach. I could never saw that coming, but it was like, I had to start somewhere and it was like the next thing and the next thing. And then I, when I, and you can laugh about this, right? When I joined the coaching program, I was like, well, I'll join, but I'm not going to any of the events. <laughs> and then I went to all the events across the, like, we have the, the exact same program. story, which is why we're such a and those changed my life. And led me to amazing incredible it's like so it's like I've I'm learning I don't have a plan anymore and it's so fun yeah I have goals and visions but I'm like literally every day I'm like how what's gonna happen today yeah I think the worst thing for us is the how honestly if I looked back and somebody told me two years ago what this was all gonna look like and how it was all gonna play out like, who knows? Would I have kept going with it? Would I like? No, I it would have been too intimidating. You I, weren't ready for that. You and and it like... just took each little neck, like you're saying, yes. each next step. But I just had to be 
available for the possibility, not the how, not the formula, not the what's my next best. It, it, I'm available for what I want in my life. And then you start seeing the hints that the universe is giving you because you're open to it. You're open to receiving it because you've made it your thing and you're not worried about the how. And and I did the exact same thing as you. I just was like, what's my, what do I want to do next? What do I want? And each thing, when I look back, it's amazingly beautiful to me to see my through line and to see how I was willing to just take each little, like, Oh, well, okay. I'll go, I'll go that direction. Oh, okay. I'll go that direction. Oh, okay. Not, not that I was switching directions all the time, but just like each, I call it breadcrumbing. That's what I see. The universe universe has breadcrumbed me through my life. And the other quote that I like to use a lot, because it's so applicable to me, fate guides those who will Mm. and those who won't, she drags. So essentially, oh, if you're open that. and willing, fate's going to guide you. But some of us need to be drugged through it a little bit before we actually start listening. <laughs> and I have too many. I can things. think of a moment, some moments that you've been dragged. Wait, what did you say? I can think of some moments where you've been dragged. I'm still being dragged. <laughs> Me too, but. Right. There, there are many areas in my life where I'm like digging in my heels. I'm not coming there. I and picture face has like, you like by the hair. Just oh, like, totally. And then I'm like, oh, great. Once I get there. But yeah, it's same yeah, thing. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I joined the program when I met you. I had the exact same experience where I was like, I'm not going to any of those live events. I'm just going to do this for six months and then I'm going to be done. And then I was like, oh, God. Okay. So. I guess this is a thing and I'm going to go to the first live event and then I'm going to go to the second. And, and it, I just kept getting dragged drug through all of it. And thank God that I did. I know. You know, like I'm doing my best to dig my heels in and, and fight this, but it's like the more I've also opened myself up to giving myself permission, yeah. listening to what I want, saying money on yourself. Like I just, it was, it's scary. It's still scary. Cause there's still rules that come up sometimes that I'm like, Oh my God, but I have to wait. Why do I have to, why, why do I have, why do I have to buy a house? Oh wait, I don't have to buy a house. Renting is okay. Oh my God. Or why do I have to lease yep. it? You know, whatever it is, you're allowed to question it. And the more I've questioned it, the more I've been open to receiving what is truly my path, what is truly my guidance. And I see for what it is instead of dismissing it as this, this, you know, like, oh, that's just a silly, you know, imagination thing, or that's just, no, that's actually my soul talking to me. And it's the direction I'm supposed to head. Yeah. Because we, when you get good at hearing it and you're like, okay, even if it's scary, even if you're like, I don't know how, I can't tell you how much money I've invested in my own journey and business. And I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to pay for this. I have no idea how. And it always. It always works out. Because it's leap and the net will appear. It's not build a net and then leap. You have to leap first. And I've got it right there all the time. It's sitting right okay, next to I'll give you mine. See? You my, oh, can you see it? It's too, it's too white. It says anything is possible. Yeah. And drink big. It's the yeah. last two. But yeah, you really have. It's like, I think that's part of it. I know it's part of it. I, I yeah, always say like, also, if somebody had told you two years ago, you're going to spend this much money. You're going to invest this oh much God. in the next two years. You would have been like, no, I'm not. I'm not going that I direction. Bought, like, many cars. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> and I think it's easy to, 
Okay, so it's easy to watch us and say, well, oh, well, you guys have the money or you make more than me or whatever version. And that may or may not be true. But the truth is when I spent the money that I spent, I didn't feel like I had, I didn't have it sitting around. I had access to it. So I guess in that way I did have it. But I had to do something that I hated, despised, felt sick over, which was put on a credit card. Yeah. That I didn't know how I was going to pay. And by the way, that's that, access and that's money. I know, but and that and a lot like, of people, right. Right. It's, it's, and but then, it's wrong. I was the same way. I was like, but that's wrong to do that. And here's the thing to this day for as much money as I put on the credit cards for coaches and coaching and travel, I still have yet to pay a cent of interest because I've always been able to make the pay like the payment without interest. I've always been, now if I do, I do. And it's not the end of the world. I've gotten over that. But the irony is, is like, I didn't know how I never knew how, and yet it worked out. It worked out. It worked out. And I could have told myself that I was going to sit around and save up tens of thousands of dollars and then go do it wouldn't have done it wouldn't have it wouldn't have wouldn't happened. Have done it. it would have happened in a million years and so getting really unreasonable being really crazy this is so much more fun i know it feels yeah. reckless and wild and i got four kids man i got kids to put through college i got all kinds of emotional baggage it's fine it's yeah. so fine where i'm going to be by the time my kids are in college because i believe in myself and i'm betting on myself and i'm investing in myself is going to yeah. be like, i'll write a check to harvard here you go because i know that's where i'm going and I'm done saying everyone else's dreams are more important than mine. When I rise, we all rise. Yes. I'm taking my family with me. And I'm done feeling bad about that if I make myself do well, that it's at the expense of my family. No, no, no. The better I do emotionally, financially, all of it, it benefits my whole family. And yep. the more women that can just turn up their light and shine and go for their dreams, the more people they're going to bring with them. Whether yep. it's their friends, their family, their communities. They need us. One of my favorite stories, I don't know if you remember this, but our, so Emily and I love our coach and we were on a call once and somebody asked, you know, I feel bad. There's women that I know in my life who don't have the life that I have. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad because I feel myself rising in a way that feels unfair to them. Like, should I play small because yeah. we are? And Gina said, absolute best thing that is your responsibility to do is to live your life and show yep. them what's possible for theirs. It's yep. not your job to play small. It's not your job to stay where they are because then everybody's there. It's it's like what Jen Sincero says in one of her books. She's like, listen, there's people starving all over the world, but you not eating a sandwich right, doesn't make them any, any like, it puts you in the same boat and it's basically, then you're all stuck in a hole. Yep. And so us rising, like you said, when we help ourselves, we help everybody because we give other women permission to do the same for themselves. We make it okay for you to live by your own rules. We make it okay for you to choose yourself and not live in this world of like selflessness is what you're supposed to do to be a good mom, to be a good person, to be a good corporate worker, to be whatever yep. it is. It's like, no, you, you have a responsibility to show up and live in your truth so that you can give other people the permission to do the same. It reminds me of um, another Glennon story where she was speaking at some event in the Midwest with thousands of women. And this little old woman in the back stands up. And for those of you that don't know Glennon, she was married to a man for a long time. Now she's married to a woman. And this, this woman stands up in the back. She said, Glennon, I love you. I've followed you for years. I hope it's okay to ask the question. I'm just, I'm confused because my, and, and I might botch this part. She said, my, my son 
or my grandson just took his boyfriend to the prom and my daughter just married her wife or whatever. And she said, I, I love you, Glenn. And I still love you. I just, I want to understand why is everybody saying all of the sudden? Yeah. <laughs> and like in Glennon said, the whole room was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so Glennon says, oh, Janice, it's the GMOs, you know, to kind of like cut the, yeah. cut the attention. And when everybody was done laughing, she said, it's not that it's all of the sudden. It's that people are giving other people permission to finally show up in yeah. their truth. They're making it okay to be who they are. And I don't care if you're talking about being gay and coming out of the closet or being the mother that honors herself and her own desires or quitting your corporate job because it's not working for you anymore. And you want to go after your dream of uh, opening a bakery. Yep. I don't care what it is, but when you see other people doing it for themselves, it gives you permission. It makes you curious because at first it actually might make you a little resentful and pissed yep. off. You're going to be like, Oh, look at her. But that's why you have to look inward and ask yourself, well, what's really going on here? Am I really pissed at her or am I jealous as fuck of her because she just did something that my heart and soul is actually screaming at me to go do myself. And I see her doing it and I'm more upset at myself that I didn't start choosing myself and I had to see somebody else. But that's why we all have to do it. We have to give everybody else the permission to show up and be who they are and then not judge anybody for who they decide to be. Like, yeah. You be you. I'm going to know that like, and this was, this one was really hard for me. And it, it's honestly, if I'm honest, still something that's tough for me is, is, is really being okay with the fact that everybody's not going to be okay. Yeah. And that people are not necessarily going to agree with you. And that people will say things like you've changed when in reality, you've actually being more honest than you ever were, or right. decide that, you know, whatever. And things can shift and change. And while that can be really painful, and it has been for me, like, harder than I expected in a lot of ways, it's also required if you're yeah. going to live a life that feels yeah. true and rewarding. And it's really tiring to be. And I think the thing that I, I guess I didn't know is that I didn't realize that I was not being authentically me. I don't think people walk around thinking I'm faking it. And Oh, you, get, you said it's okay for me to be myself. I think we don't see it. We don't right. realize it. And well, cause we're getting, we're getting validation all around us. Yeah, in society that that we right, are doing right. what's right. Yeah. And so I think the best like advice or, and I would rec you know, say is to where are the places where you feel judged you feel like you have to be extra on your best behavior or the people that you can't really fully talk about maybe your big dreams or what you like or what you don't like, where you kind of hold back. Um, and that doesn't mean these people can't be your friends and you can't keep them in your lives, but these are showing you the places where you're self-abandoning and right. where are you wanting? Like, so, okay. This is like a really stupid example, but I think it just, it does a great job of making the point. I, I love the Real Housewives. <laughs> I love those crazy bitches so much. And it's not because I want their life and that I want to be on a TV show or that I, they're crazy. I don't want that. But there's something about that unapologetic, rich, successful, beautiful, 
lifestyle that really appeals to me. And I would judge that previously to be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they're so shallow. That's so stupid. That's not, you know. But the truth is that something about that show lit me up besides the entertainment value. And so I'm getting good at saying like, that's who I am. That's who I want to be. That's what I love. And it's okay to be shiny and loud and successful and do wear heels to a birthday party or whatever. When normally the voice would have been like, Oh, that's for those of those LA chicks. Like (laughs) that's for, you know, that's not who we are. Just little things like that. You know, where are the places that like, wouldn't it be cool if I could do that, but I couldn't like, those are the right. places that you're actually self-abandoning. I can't imagine. I wouldn't actually do that. That would be so fun. Wouldn't that be cool? Right. Or like, right. yeah. Well, is- I remember Gina asking us all once. She's like, okay, when you try, and I don't remember how she asked it. And it was a very, you know, beautiful, amazing way where we all have these breakthroughs. But she's like, well, when you travel, you know, how many of you, you know, buy coach because that's what you can afford. But if you could, if it was an option, would you fly first class? Because we all talk ourselves out. We're like, no, I don't need first class. I'm fine without it. But you better believe if somebody handed you a free ticket to first class, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't just take it. And go, yeah, let me sit up there. Let me, yeah. let me do all the things that come with sitting in the first class seat. And when you're really being honest with yourself, instead of listening to what society would tell you or what your fears would tell you, you probably want to sit in first class. You probably want the Lamborghini. You probably want the house on the beach. You probably, whatever it is, Be honest with yourself. It's okay to want those things. It's okay to want to live a life like the Real Housewives. Yeah, they have pretty cool lives. They have cool stuff. They have fun toys. Like they're crazy bitches. (laughs) It's why the thing is, they said they're crazy bitches. Don't get me wrong, but like, but the thing is, is I think we often will say, "Well, of course I want that," but we don't see the how, and so we tell ourselves that we don't really want it because it feels so out of reach that if we let ourselves admit how much we really want that. It's like, then we have to admit that either we're not willing to do what it takes or we just don't think we can. And so then it's like, it's like heartbreaking. So it's easier to say, now we get to be grateful for what we have and want more. So it doesn't mean that you're a selfish monster because you want a bigger house, even if you have a nice house, or if you want more shoes when you have enough shoes, or if you want a better relationship when you have a good enough one, it's like, no, you get to do both. Right. You can. And and society likes to tell us like, oh, just be thankful. Just be thankful. Don't ask for more. And it's like, you're fine with what you have. You're fine. Yeah. But I, and and I love this example. Everything in nature is meant to continually expand and continually grow and to be bright and beautiful flowers, animals, birds, bugs. They're made to be radiant and continually expand until they drop dead. And we are no different. And so what is it that we get to this level of like middle, you know, middle America, whatever, and we're supposed to just stay there and never want more, outgrow it, ask for more, be bigger, or like, what? No, right. We're meant to go forever and ever. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean more spending and money and showiness if that's not your thing. I mean, that doesn't matter, but it's like the evolution of who you are, who you become, the growth, everything that happens. Yes. Oh, I love this comment. It's our responsibility to be wealthy. Yes. yes. You know, I just did this on Monday in my, um, you know, I do my Nick at night every night. Uh, did you know that, that I do my Nick at night? I didn't really do it every night, but yeah, I knew you had the Nick at night, which I think is. Yeah. Oh, it's not every night. It's, it's three nights a week, but on Monday that it's exactly what Kathy said. It's our responsibility to be wealthy. And I said that I was like, it is your responsibility to make money. 
because I like, listen, I have a bunch of health and wellness people in this group. And so obviously their heart is in the right place. They want to help people improve their health and wellness. They want to heal the world. Well, you're going to, money's neutral. And and we know that money is neutral. Money is not good. It is not bad, but it is used in ways that the intentions of the person who's using it are what it's being used for. And you have a responsibility to make it because you are going to do more good in the world with it. Uh-huh. And so it's not just you need to make it because it's your bit. You have to make it because you're going to do good things with your money. And you do have a responsibility to be wealthy because it makes you more of you. And when you show up more in your truth and as you, you're giving other people permission to do the same. You're putting more good out in the world with yourself and your money. And you absolutely need to do that to, to honor who you are and what you're here to and do. And you're serving the clients that are paying you. You're yep. the people that are paying you. It's not like just donating their money. They're getting a valuable service or right. transformation or education or whatever you're doing. And I, I love, yeah, that you're, you know, it's income and impact. And those two are mm-hmm. very tightly connected. They don't have to be, but if you're in business, they sure as hell are. And right. so if you're here to save the world, then you better get, get rich big right. time and right. not because you're a greedy monster, but because it's really a reflection of how many people you're helping. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a responsibility to not worry about the how, follow your intent to help and serve and yep. the rest of it will take care of itself. It will. And the people who are so stuck in the real world, how, 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 how are looking more at what we have here on earth. And does it make logical sense? Well, does it make miraculous sense? Because if you want miracles, yeah. you have to do miraculously. I am not interested in an ordinary life. I am not interested in being reasonable. I am in- unavailable for expected. I don't want to live like that. I don't want realistic results. I want unreasonable results. I want an unfathomable life without fathom. I want a life next level. And I'm not going to get there with my little logical brain. So I'm just going to let the miraculous take the wheel. And that's who your inner badass is. So it's like a nice (laughs) way to like sum this all up is this is your inner badass. She knows how to get, you don't know the how, but she does. Yep. So you got to bring her back to life. You got to nurture her. You got to be your damn self. You got to be honest about who you are and what you want. You got to set your body. We covered a lot of shit tonight. We and did. We, we, you've got to. This is a master class on how to live right? your best life. <laughs> I'm just getting all your money now, people. That's like, what do we open this? But like, this is how you, this is the how, right? What's yeah. the how? You get great at being you. You yeah. revise the relationship with yourself. You set boundaries. You get unapologetic. You stop asking other people's advice. You start listening within. You follow the breadcrumbs. This is the how. So yep. Make a sales page and do three webinars. I mean, okay, that's possibly the practical action, but that's not the how. Right. That's like right. so irrelevant. Well, and that's more of kind of like not to go on another tangent, but that's more of blending in with like, listen, I get that we all want to look at how somebody else did it and we kind of want to follow suit so that we're not just reinventing the wheel. But you also don't want to become so integrated with somebody else's formula that you lose it. Like, like show up and do your webinar on a Monday night at midnight or show up. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. My point is, it's not about following a formula to to be a part of a life that you see somebody else doing. It's about following your truth. And sometimes well, maybe you'll never get there. Yeah, yeah. You'll never get there on some like the formula. Well, it won't feel good. It won't feel good getting there because as we know, like what we started talking yes. about at the very beginning, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey and, yeah. and who you become in the process. And that's, you know, I think that's, you know, one more thing you said about the destination. I just love this analogy. And I've been using this a lot lately. So it's like top of mind with my clients. 
It's like if I decide that I'm going to come visit Nicole in L.A. and I'm going to come see her. If I decide I'm going to L.A., it's done. Yeah. It's the decision. But the same thing is with our goals, right? But what happens with our goals, it's like so ridiculous. So if it's like the equivalent of I drove and I got into Nebraska and then I hit like some weather and I was like, fuck it. L.A. mustn't exist. And I got in my car and drove home and then said I, I couldn't do it. L.A. doesn't yeah. exist. It just wasn't possible. Or I drove around the block in my neighborhood for five years and said, well, I'm not going to get any closer to LA. So it's impossible to me. Right. But if, as long as you're heading west, as long as I'm heading west, even if I I can decide that I'm going to get snacks and put on the music and put my window down and I'm going to get to LA, however long it takes, and I'm going to have fun. Yeah. I can crawl there on my hands and knees, bloody, battered and bruised, or I can go on the block. Right. So it's like, you get to choose. But as long as you keep heading west, you're going to hit LA. Is it a decision no matter what? Or is it until things get uncomfortable? Yeah, you can't say hit the traffic and decide LA doesn't exist and I'm going to turn around and go home. Well, must, you know, I couldn't do it. No, you just have to, you might have to ask for directions. You might get a flat tire. You might get lost. You might take a huge detour you didn't expect, but it was awesome and fun and you met cool people and saw cool shit and then you ended up, right? So, like, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily going to be a straight shot. Right. But if you just keep going, you will get there. And when you get there, you're going to have stories. You're going to have experience. You're going to be like, oh, my God, Nicole, I met this crazy person and we did this and then this happened. And it's like, that's life. And the person you are on the other side of it is the reward. Like, that's really where the reward is. It's like you've made a decision and it's happening no matter what. And the person you become in that process to get through, like asking directions to get the courage to approach somebody that maybe you wouldn't have taught. Like, yeah, all of those things make you the person that you are. And that's where the true reward is. It is. is, And because I've said this before, I did a live on this, like, I think it was last week. You're not ready for your dream. You're not ready. And as much as we want, whatever, it's the money, the clients, the weight loss, whatever the thing is, it's not about, it's never about the thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the analogy of like, when I decided I was going to run a half marathon, it was really important to me because I, I was never a runner. And so I had this big mental block about running. And so I was like, if I could run a half marathon, it was like, holy, that just felt so important. And so I signed up, which was the scariest part of all. Made the commitment to myself. And it wasn't about 13 fucking miles. It was about that for however many weeks I had to show up. And when I got a side stitch, I had to push through it. And when I didn't want to go and when it was raining and when it was cold and I was training my body, but I was training my mind and you bet your ass on race day when I ran it, it was about the journey. It was about who I became. It was about perseverance. It was about overcoming. It was about learning and growing. And that's what I was proud of. Not the damn two hours that I ran that day. It was the whole journey. And so Let's enjoy the journey of wherever we're going because that's the good stuff. And it's so easy yep. to lose sight of it when we're, we just want to arrive. And it's like, get your snacks, roll down the window, blast the music, and have a fucking road trip to your right. best life. Enjoy right. the process. Enjoy, enjoy the process. all of it along the way because that's really what it's all about and being present and staying connected to what you know, where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do, but constantly checking in with yourself and asking, is this what I really want? Is this pleasurable? Is this fun? And, you know, just sticking with not abandoning yourself and and being you and showing up for you. And on this road trip, let your inner badass drive and you can just sit shotgun because she knows how to get there. 
You know what I love? There's another analogy. I'll tell this. And then I have one more. I, I know we could go on forever. I mean, you guys, I get it. I get that you're all here to, to hear a couple of fun things. You're probably not here to listen to us until midnight. But um, Liz Gilbert, Liz Gilbert talks about this in her um, oh, God, which book, Big Magic, I think. I know. I just I love, I love her. She said, you know, your fears are always going to be there. Oh, yeah. They're the always going to be there. They just don't get to be in the driver's seat. And it's your job to know which they ones are your fears. Yeah. yeah, they don't get to touch the radio. They don't get to make any decisions, yeah. but they're going to be there. And what I like, to, I say this to my clients a lot. I'm like, listen, your fears are actually your friends in a lot of ways because it's the same reason you don't walk out into oncoming traffic. Yep. It's the same reason you don't touch a hot stove after you did it the first time. Like you, It's meant to keep you safe. It's just not meant to keep you small from living your best epic life. So it's yep. your job to go, I know you guys are going to be here. I know you're here to keep me safe. You just mm -hmm. don't get to make any of the decisions. So you're going to sit in the back seat. And knowing they're going to be there, I think is part of, you know, not being afraid of them and just welcoming yep. them there, but they don't get to make the decisions. And so I love when I, when I heard her say that, I was like, yes. I mean, when I hear Liz Gilbert, Gilbert say anything, I'm like, yeah. I know, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like knowing that this is growth is uncomfortable. To build muscle, you have to break down the other, you know, break it down to get stronger. Mm -hmm. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to do push past that point of that you haven't been past before. And we all understand that in the physical realm, but it's in the emotional realm. It's, yeah. and that's doing the scary things, yeah. taking the leap, spending the money, making the signing up for the race, right? Like those are the scary things. That is really a big part of the journey. That feels really good when you do them. It does. I call it one giant leap and then a bunch of baby steps. And so we have to stop being scared of the one giant leap. It's the scariest part usually is the leap. Yeah. So what is the leap for you? And just do it. Just head first, right? D dive in. And then it's divine breadcrumbs the rest of the way. Yeah. I love it. Forever I love it. I mean, you could, like we said, we could sit Bye. here and talk about it forever. I love you. I could, I know I miss you too. I need to like see you ASAP. And I mean, I'm seeing you right now, which is amazing. I'm glad we got to, I'm glad we got to spend all this time together tonight. I'm glad you were able to come in and just really, you are such a wealth of knowledge and you are such a leader in what you're doing to help moms absolutely realize their own epic life and go after it. And I hope that that is something that, you know, we, through our work and through what we do to reach women and, and men, to let people know, like, that's what you're here to do is to honor yourself, honor your truth and, and live the life in the way that your creator made you to do. So thank you for sharing everything with us. Thank you for having the courage to question your own, you know, life to question what you wanted and to, to have the courage to go after what you know is available to you and, and help others do the same. So thank you so, so much. Where can everybody follow you? What do you have going on? So I mostly hang out in my Facebook group, The Rebel Mom Life. And it's all about rebelling against who you think you should be and the rules and all the crap so you can be who you actually are. So that's really um, – just search for that. Come follow me. Follow along. Um, I'm also I'm on Instagram. In. I'm like Karen underscore coaching. I will put that in there, your website. And, um, and I put in your Facebook group. Oh, and then Instagram. Put yeah, that in it's there. Emily Karen underscore coaching. I hang out there too. Yeah, you're, uh, well, it's not minivan smackdowns anymore. Has it still been basement smackdown? I've been not doing a great job of consistently showing up for those. So no, no smackdown to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing my minivan smackdowns every day when I brought my daughter to school. I would like get in the minivan and like leave you a little 
SmackDown for the day. Now I don't leave the house. <laughs> so I have yet to create a new. And they're not going back. They're not going back for the year. So I know. It's crazy. Like at least mid-August. So crazy, crazy. Right. Well, whatever SmackDown you decide to do, um, I know people will be very fortunate to hear your words of wisdom and have a SmackDown from you. They need it. We all need it. We all need somebody to, you know, like we keep saying, to show us what's possible for our own lives and remind us that it's okay to be you. So thank you em, so much thank for coming in with us tonight and all being right. part of this. And you guys, she's in our community. If you have questions, I didn't ask if anybody had questions. I figured you'd probably let us know if you did, but if you do tag her in the comments, let her know what you have questions about and uh, yeah. And find her on Instagram and find her uh, Facebook group. If you're a mom, especially you need to be a part of that. So thank you again. I love you. I am so excited that we finally made this happen. And uh, we'll do it again. All right, guys, for anybody else who's still sticking with, with us, thank you for being no here. Worries. And uh, I'll see you guys live tomorrow for Nick at Night. So with that, we're going to check out. Have a good night, everybody. Later, Bye. Bye. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me. And it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.